Morning. <clears throat> this Sunday we have Genesis chapter 24. Uh, Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac. And the servant goes and finds Rebekah and brings her back. This account shows the great faith of everyone really involved. Uh, Abraham, Abraham's servant. Uh, Abraham trusts God to, to guide his servant. The servant certainly shows faith and trust in God to show him the right woman. And then also Isaac and Rebekah, great faith as well. They put their trust in the Lord, and the Lord, as the psalmist reminds us, gives them the desires of their heart. So often in this life, we think that if we want to be happy, we have to be in control. We have to make sure that we make the right decisions, that we, we get the things uh, that are going to make us happy, especially when it comes to marriage. We have to find the right one for ourselves. Only we know the one that, that we can love for the rest of our life. But Isaac and Rebecca both uh, put complete faith in God. Uh, this is the one whom you have chosen for me, Lord. And so they go into that marriage having never met one another. And the Lord uh, blesses that marriage and uh, not only blesses it with Isaac and Rebekah blesses them, but also blesses it, of course, with two sons, Jacob and, and Esau, one of whom is the one through whom the Messiah is going to come, the, the bearer of the promise. Uh, so in the beginning of chapter 24, Abraham calls his servant. He's got a task for him. For some reason, a lot of the VBS or a lot of the Sunday school notes um, keep calling the servant Eliezer. A lot of people seem to assume it was Eliezer. Eliezer was one of Abraham's servants at one point, at least, whether Eliezer is still alive or not, we don't know. But back uh, before Ishmael was even born, uh, Abraham mentions Eliezer as his heir, uh, the one who would receive all of his stuff if he had no children. Uh, then, of course, he does have Ishmael and Isaac, and so Isaac becomes his heir. But if Eliezer is, is still alive, he's very old. He's This is 30 years later, so he's even if he was a young man back then, he's 50 or 60 now. Well, not very old, but older, <clears throat> getting old. And this was a long, hard journey that Abraham sending his servant on. It's more likely that this is a younger servant that Abraham is sending. It's probably not Eliezer, but we don't know one way or another for sure. Anyway, Abraham calls his servant and gives him the command to go and find a son for, or sorry, find a wife for his son Isaac. Makes him promise that he's not going to take a wife from the Canaanites, that he's going to go back and find a wife from among Abraham's own relatives uh, back in Haran, makes the servant put his hand under Abraham's thigh, which was a common way to make an oath, to swear an oath back in that day. It's kind of odd for us, but different days, different customs, right? So this was a strong oath tying his servant to this. You must not take a wife for my son among the Canaanites. Why was it so important to Abraham that Isaac have a wife from among his own relatives, not from among his Canaanites. This is more than just tradition of the day. It was kind of the tradition of the day, but it's more than that. Abraham, of course, knew the promise of God that his descendants would inherit the land of Canaan, but the promise of God was more than that, wasn't it? It was that the Canaanites would be driven out. God had specifically said that uh, the Canaanites would in time become evil and he would have to 
drive them out is part of the judgment on the Canaanites, uh, not only part of his promise to Abraham's descendants. And Abraham is not willing, rightly is not willing, that his descendants should mix and become part of the Canaanites. They are to remain separate so that they can inherit the land after the Canaanites are, are driven out. This is an important part of the promise that God had made to Abraham. The Canaanite people were an idolatrous people, and God was going to destroy them. And so <clears throat> Abraham is calling on his descendants, and especially Isaac, to remain separate from them. Furthermore, Hebrews 11 tells us that Abraham was a wanderer. Uh, and we know that, that he never owned any land, but he, he wandered uh, along among the land that others owned and fed his, in, his sheep and goats grazed here and there. He lived in tents. And Hebrews 11 makes a point that this shows how he was waiting for a better home. Uh, he didn't settle down. Again, he didn't settle down among the Canaanites and become one of them. And so Isaac, his son, was not to settle down among the Canaanites and become one of them either. In a, next week, when we hear the story of Jacob and Esau, we're going to hear how Isaac was upset with Esau because he took wives from among the Canaanites, from the people of that land. Uh, and this was upsetting to Isaac for the same reason it was upsetting to Abraham because the people were, Abraham and his descendants were supposed to remain settled, looking for a better land. Not settling among the Canaanites, but waiting for that better land of heaven, uh, waiting on that promise of God. So Abraham sends the servant back to his own land. The servant is a little worried. What if I don't find anyone? And Abraham says, well, if if she won't, if the woman the Lord shows to you won't come back with you, then you're free from your oath. But the most important thing is you don't take a wife for Isaac from among the Canaanites. Abraham shows his faith that God will guide this servant. And the servant travels with others. He's not alone. Uh, there are other men with him. That long of a journey through the that those perilous lands, he would have needed some armed guards, or they almost certainly would have gotten robbed along the way. Uh, and so he travels uh, with camels. We know he uses camels and travels uh, back to the area of uh, Paran Haran. Uh, when he gets there, he puts his trust in the Lord, and the servant shows great faith in the Lord as well. He puts his trust in the Lord to show him whom the Lord has chosen for Isaac. Not to choose for himself, uh, but to trust in the Lord's decision. And he, you notice his prayer shows great faith. He, If it's your will, it's a prayer of your, of if it's your will, Lord, because the servant doesn't have any promise from God that God is going to show him a sign. God doesn't come to him and say, I'm going to show you a sign. Nevertheless, the servant trusts in God, asks for that sign. Uh, he doesn't demand it, but he asks for it. And so it shows how we ought to pray as well. We can ask the Lord for those things, and the Lord may or may not respond. He may or may not give us what we ask, but we can certainly ask boldly and with great confidence, as Luther reminds us. And so the servant here as well asks boldly and with great confidence, if it be your will, Lord, give me this sign. And the sign that he asks for shows great faith as well, because what he asks that, well, when I ask a young lady for a drink of water, she would also uh, give water to my camels. Well, that was a huge deal. Camels can drink up to 20 gallons at a time, and we don't know how many camels there were, certainly more than 
one even drawing enough water for one camel was was quite a bit right 20 gallons think of drawing enough water out of a well with just a bucket to, to fill a 20 gallon bucket and, and doing that for who knows maybe 10 10 camels or something so this wasn't just a so this wasn't just a simple sign that the servant asked for and a lot of times when we we pray to god we we might be afraid to ask for big things we might think well I, you know i'll just ask for this little simple thing god's more more likely to answer that but here the servant shows faith in god he showed me a, a nice big clear sign something that's not likely to happen uh without without god's intervention but the sign was not only something that was unique and therefore it would have been a clear sign from god this is unlikely that a, a woman would do it but it also is a sign that asks the lord to provide a a life a wife for isaac who's very loving right uh it's somebody who is who's willing to to do this for others to draw the water for their camels and so the servant shows that he's not looking for the most beautiful woman in the world right he's not uh holding a contest and saying okay which one of you is the best looking and that's the one i'm going to take back to my master isaac but uh somebody who is faithful who shows their love of their love to christ in how they talk to and act towards strangers and that's actually an important lesson for the young people in our congregation young people in general as they uh grow up and start dating and considering uh, who they want to marry uh looking at how people treat other people not just how people treat you but if you're dating somebody how do they treat other people uh looking for someone who is kind and loving and generous rather than for simply the person who is the most beautiful looking and so this is an incredibly loving thing for uh this woman to do that isaac is asking god to use as as a sign for him uh first timothy 2 9 to 10 paul reminds us that it's better to be adorned with good works than with pearls and gold and and braided hair it's better to show our love to christ and than to to show our our physical beauty so not only that would this be a very unusual thing but it would be an incredibly kind thing uh for this woman to do so isaac or sorry the um abraham's servant is praying for this and the first woman that comes out uh the is rebecca and the servant says can I have a drink of water? And Rebecca responds, oh, I'll not only give you a drink, but I'll give it to your all your camels as well. I'll water them as well. And so Rebecca shows uh, faith in the Lord, love for the Lord, love even for this, this stranger whom she, she doesn't even know who he is. And Rebecca shows more faith in the Lord as the story goes on as well. Uh, when Rebecca's family, not only Rebecca, but her family as well, when Rebecca and her family hear that this is a thing from the Lord, the response is, well, if this is from the Lord, then Rebecca needs to do this. It doesn't matter that Rebecca is being sent far away. She's never going to see her family again. Uh, they show their faith in the Lord by obedience. But, okay, the Lord has chosen this, this path uh, for my life. Uh, I'm going to do as the Lord asks. And not only that, but the family shows not only their faith in the lord in general but they also show that they seem to know the promise that was given to abraham and they seem to show faith in that promise as well uh, notice that when rebecca leaves they say to her may you become the mother of thousands of ten thousands and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them which is 
partially that blessing that God gave to Abraham, right? Your your descendants will become a great nation. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Uh, it could be that this is just a general departing blessing for a young woman going out to get married, but it does sound like the family knows that promise that was given to Abraham and they recognize that now Sarah is receiving a part of this promise. She is becoming a part of this, this promise that God gave to Abraham as well. And they're rejoicing in that. So and it not only shows faith in the Lord in general, but it shows that the family knows and grasps uh, that promise, uh, desires to be a part of that promise that, that God gave to Abraham. They're, they're rejoicing that now, well, Laban's sister, this is Laban is Rebecca's brother, is going to be a part of that as well. Uh, and so Abraham shows faith in, in God and trusting that God's going to direct the servant to the person whom God has chosen for his son. Uh, the servant shows great faith in going and in trusting God to lead him to the right the right woman. And uh, Rebecca and her family show great faith in, well, okay, God has called me to do this and we want to be a part of that promise and going back uh, with the servant. The family wants to delay for 10 days to, to say goodbye, but Rebecca says, no, if this is a thing from the Lord, uh, I, I need to go. And so she goes and uh, she sees Isaac in the field, veils her face. That's the, the custom of that day. We, we're going to hear that about that. It's going to take it an important part of the, in the story of Jacob. That's going to be important in his marriage as well. But Rebecca veils her faith, her, her face so Isaac can't see her. Uh, now, Rebecca was very beautiful, not only in her good works, in her showing kindness to this stranger, but physically as well. Very beautiful, the Bible says. But Isaac doesn't know that, right? Because uh, he's she's veiled; he can't see her faith, her face. But Isaac shows his faith in the Lord as well uh, by taking her to be his wife, and uh, the two seem to have been very happy together. They did have their problems later on with Jacob and Esau. They uh, disagreed <laughs> on uh, their two children, Jacob and Esau. We'll see that next week. But for the most part, it seemed the Lord blessed their their marriage. And this teaches us an important thing about marriage as well, that we have a tendency to think, well, we have to find the person that we love and then we'll have a happy marriage if we pick the right person whom we love. Well, the problem with that is that the world's idea of love is rather a very selfish thing. What I want out of it, what I can get out of it. And that kind of a selfish attitude is never going to produce a good, long-lasting marriage. But you see, in this case, Isaac and Rebecca put their trust in the Lord, and Rebecca shows her love and her kindness even for strangers. I'm sure she had the same loving kindness uh, for her husband. Uh, and so that self-sacrificing love that gives ourselves to others and, and looks how to serve one another instead of to, to serve myself uh, produces a much better marriage. It doesn't really matter who the two people are. Uh, Isaac and Rebecca have never met before, uh, and yet because they serve one another in love, their marriage works uh, because they look for ways to make the other person happy instead of looking for ways to demand that the other person makes makes me happy instead of looking for that uh, quote-unquote love 
that of that that our idea of love that selfishness of what i want from marriage and what my spouse ought to do for me isaac and rebecca look how to serve one another and the lord blesses their marriage for that we should we show the love of christ towards one another our marriage will be a good one despite how oh, our spouse was whether our spouse was chosen for us or whether we chose our spouse ourselves of course, Paul reminds us that marriage is a reflection of what Christ did for us, uh, how he loved us and died for our sins. And the story of Isaac and Rebekah is a looking forward to that coming of Christ as well. Uh, God chooses Rebekah and brings her not only into that family, but into that promise uh, through whom the Christ would come. And so once again, scripture is looking forward to the coming of Christ who would die for our sins. Lord's blessings on your Sunday school lesson. Uh, as always, give me a call or an email if you have any questions.